time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 106.1. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. And good morning, everybody. Thursday morning on the Sports King Show. Thank you for joining me on your way into work or to start your day. We appreciate you starting things off with the Sports King Show alongside Ben Maitland. I'm the Sports King, Jamie King. We want to thank our sponsors before we get going this morning, as we do each and every day. We can't do the program without them. The Nerve Company, never underestimate radical vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado, and we wish the folks in Denver, Colorado, a great day today. You can go to www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com, graphics, website design, marketing plans. They do it all, and they do it at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. Also, our great friends at CMA's Colonial Honda, those folks are the best without question. They do car selling better than anybody out there, and they are led by the outstanding general manager and president, Tim Cosgrove, a finer human being you won't meet, a guy that does it right every single time. He will make your car buying experience absolutely flawless, as will his team. They do an amazing job. And they do it every single time. When you contact them, if you can't get out there, they'll bring the vehicle to you if you find the one you want. They've got new cars, used cars, an amazing selection. Once again, it can be delivered directly to your door. That's our friends at CMA's Colonial Honda. And the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross tomorrow. Dr. Ross will be on with the Ross Rules of Foot Care. And Dr. Ross and his staff will get you on the road to recovery with offices in Bethesda, Maryland, Springfield, Virginia. Join the over 240,000 people that have been seen by the best in the business, Dr. Paul Ross. And once again, the Ross Rules of Foot Care heard here weekly on the Sports King Show. And we welcome back the Joe Mowgli Report brought to you exclusively by Coastal Carolina University. Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade who offers insight on life, finance, and sports. Heard here weekly on the Sports King Show on Sports 106.1. It's the Joe Mowgli Report. Well, as we open up the program this morning, we're going to let you know that we'll have Ben Maitland along soon. We'll go through some baseball with him and some of the things on deck for the weekend upcoming in terms of the sports world. Mike Neville, our longtime journalist friend who has covered high school, college, and the professional ranks, will join us at the bottom of the hour. But we start with the last night in Major League Baseball, and what an amazing, amazing day of baseball. Let's start with... Ben Maitland, and folks, you don't think this guy's riding high? His Atlanta Braves are just absolutely doing it in record fashion, the way they're playing. They're just just slowly going along, methodically winning, pitching well, hitting well. And when you look at the game yesterday with the Atlanta Braves, Anderson was sharp, uh, Marcakis did well, and the Braves blinked the Marlins 2-0 to to take a 2-0 lead. Rookie Ian Anderson pitched like a poised veteran, and Marquez played well. It was a great team effort for this Braves group, winning two to zero. 
Uh, Anderson again improves to one and zero. Lopez the loss. Melanson the save for the Braves. But in this one, a great performance by the Braves. You can't take anything away from them. And a situation with Travis Darno leading the way. Had a home run in this one, the big one. And this is what it sounded like for Ben Maitland as he popped the cold one and the Atlanta Braves. Oh, boy. That ball doesn't have a chance to stick around. Another homer in the series for Travis Darno. And Travis Darno. Ben Maitland doesn't know what's gotten into him because he's a solid player, no question about it. But Ben is loving this as I bring Ben on. Uh, Travis Darno in this power display, he's been a consistent player for this Braves group. Ben, you're sitting there 2-0 and now. Uh, this Braves group quietly steamrolling, and I don't want to start saying World Series jinxing anything yet, but, man, you got to like the way your team's playing. Absolutely. And... It took another performance from, like you just said, Ian Anderson yesterday looked uh, every bit as good as he did against the Reds last week in the wild card series, going uh, five and two thirds yesterday. Wanted to get a little bit more length out of him, but um, you know I would have maybe let him finish the uh, the sixth inning. But Brian Snicker came out and and gave the ball to Darren O'Day, who worked into a into and out of a little bit of trouble with the bases loaded about the. Um, the biggest threat that the Marlins had yesterday was in that sixth inning after Anderson left the ball game, uh, but struck out eight, only allowed three hits over five and two thirds. Uh, again, an impressive outing last week against the Reds, and then an impressive outing yesterday. Again, blanking the Marlins into the sixth, the bullpen did the rest and carried, uh, shouldered a lot of a lot of the weight like they have here uh, all season. The bullpen's been a, a huge strength and a huge boon for the team um to come away with a two nothing victory yesterday Dansby Swanson got him on the board early in the second inning with a solo homer and then you just heard Travis Starr know what he did um with the clang off of the <laughs> off of the, the signage above the Crawford boxes there at Minute Maid Park in Houston um <laughs> I just had to laugh I've heard that sound a couple of times watching that highlight uh via the the TV feed like you just heard or via the uh, the Braves radio feed and it's just as loud in each one of those uh, that clang off of whatever whatever sign he hit over the Crawford boxes yesterday. So um, each of those guys, they homered for the second straight day. They also homered in game one. And the Braves, you know, the pitching uh, was the concern, I think, for a lot of people coming into uh, the postseason. And so far, so good through four games. They have pitched three shutouts, and they made history yesterday. If you watched the end of the game, you saw the graphic that MLB Network put up. They're just the third team in MLB history to toss three shutouts in the first four games of a postseason, joining the 66 Baltimore Orioles and the 1905 New York Giants. That would probably be Christy Mathewson and John McGraw and a lot of other guys that I have no idea who they were. So um, some history being made by by a team that really, again, uh, the starting pitching was the concern. The bullpen's been a, a huge, again, boon for the team, but I did not see that coming. And 8 o'clock, we'll have Big Al on. Maybe you can talk to him about that Christy Matthewson game. That uh, he might have seen that back can, in the day. He, I Actually, I he might have been I on believe, that staff, I don't know, in another I life. I believe he was in attendance in that game. He might have exactly. been at the Polo Grounds, uh, yes. Uh, we, we love pulling Big Al's leg, as we do often here on the Sports King Show. Of course, uh, other action was the Athletics 9, the Asterix 7, as Chad Pender uh, tied the score with a three-run homer. We'll get to that in just a second. But his home run rally uh, helped the A's pass the asterisk. And, of course, 9-7 to seven in this one. Hendricks gets a win 
really the loss in the win for the Athletics, a must-win for them. They uh, now come within one game. Houston leads the series two games to one. This is what it ha- sounded like in terms of Chad Penner. Boy, did he get a hold of one. He's had a two-hit day. And he drives one to right field towards the corner. Tucker going back onto the track at the wall. It's gone! A three-run home run for Pender. And with one swing of the bat for the Oakland A's, this game is tied 7-7. to And you don't know if it's going to turn it around, but you can tell the emotion from that dugout that they said, man, we need somebody to step up. Yeah, they Pender that. did. It was huge at that time and really something they needed badly. Astros were really on a roll there. They're saying now that Zach Grinke's had a sore arm, uh, maybe eligible for game four, which is not great news if you're uh, you know, a fan of the athletics because you want uh, you know anybody but Grinke. You know how good he can be, but he's got a sore arm, so you wonder what type of shape he's going to be in when they trot him out there for the game four matchup. Once again, Houston leads this one two games to one. But the Athletics, with Chad Pender providing the power, come back to win 9-7. to Elsewhere, the team that I love, and I'm just telling you, I've fallen in love with this team, Kevin Cash. Uh, I can't give this guy enough credit. The small market team that are the Tampa Bay Rays, they have something in Tampa called Raise Up, and they continue to raise up. Yesterday, they doubled the Yankees 8-4. to in this game, Arizona led the Rays' power display in the eight to four win. Morton gets the win. He looked really good, one and zero with one point eight zero ERA. Tanaka the loss. They got to him, and once again, the Rays win this one eight to four. The Rays now are with one game away from taking the series against the Yankees, and I'm telling you, heads will roll. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen to that front office if the Yankees lose again. In this case, to the Rays, the Yankees have all the power, all the money, that big lineup, that big payroll, and here you got Kevin Cash and his band of guys that just play well every time they get on the field. One of the most fundamentally sound teams you're ever going to see. And it was Kevin Kiermeyer who blasted a three-run homer against those Yankees, and this is what it sounded like yesterday. Takes a rip and sends one way back into right field. Judge is on the run. He's at the wall, and she's gone. Kevin Kiermeyer puts a launch angle on that one. A three-run home run. And they went on to win 8-4, to four, and I tell you what, the Rays don't do a lot of things spectacularly, but they do everything well from a standpoint of a fan's perspective. And I'm not... You know, I'm a fan of the Rays, don't get me wrong. Nationals are my team, but I have to. You look at the Braves, another fundamentally square team that always does the right thing. They move runners. They protect batters. They are able to turn double plays, do things fundamentally sound. They're always sound, as are the Nationals outside of this year where they didn't play well at all. But when you look at a team like the Rays, the little things they do day in, day out, Moving runners, bunting, sliding, stealing a base, putting the extra effort in. That's what this team is based on. So, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, Kevin Cash is a name that I don't know if Tampa's going to be able to hold on to this guy for long term because, yes, it's a perfect fit with Tampa, and they love him there. But the big teams out there, you have the Dodgers and the Yankees, and as things start to unfold, if these teams lose – 
He's going to be one of the names you're going to hear about that people are going to want to move and jettison him out of Tampa because he just gets guys to win. He gets guys to care, and he gets guys to play above their head. He is a fundamental guy that somehow, some way, gets his team to believe they can, and they are right now. The Rays, 8-4 to four win, double up the Yankees 2-1, to one, and they're looking for the closeout. And Charlie Morton, a guy that they needed a big night from, of course, Blake Snell didn't give it to him in Game 1, but in Game 3, Charlie Morton comes in, 1.80 ERA, did the job, and congratulations are in order for the Tampa Bay Rays. The closeout game of the night, was one that was spectacular. I know in our own Ben Maitland, uh, in terms of staying up late for this one, you really had to stay up late, and the Sports King wanted to watch this one all the way through, and boy, what a treat this one was. 6-5, to five, the Dodgers defeat the Padres. Cody Bellinger, a superstar. Now, folks, this guy's a superstar. Not only did he homer in this game, the 6-5 to five winner of the Padres, to take a 2-0 lead in their uh, Game 2 situation there, but you look at Bellinger, what he did, and what he's done defensively. Probably the best athlete in center field in terms of timing plays to jump up and rob home runs. It's something he's everybody that watches him understands from a fan perspective. If you're a Dodger fan, you've come to expect him robbing home runs. He times it perfectly. And a lot of guys, you see that when they go up at the pinnacle of their leap, sometimes their glove in the momentum goes into the you know, outer part of the park, and it flips out of their glove. He gets in position, gets it, and pulls it back in one motion. He's perfected this. And last night, folks, it came down to the final play of the game. Bases loaded. Cody Bellinger once again homered and robbed Fernando Tatis Jr. of the go-ahead shot. Joe Kelly got the save. Kershaw the win, 1-0. Zach Davies the loss. Kelly again with his save last night. But this is what it sounded like. Final play, ducks on the pond, no turning back. It looks like Tatis Jr. is going to win it for the Padres. Cody Bellinger, actually, we'll get that shortly, but the final out was uh, the final out of the game with Bellinger, uh, who robbed earlier that home run by Tatis Jr., but it was Bellinger recording the final out. Let's take a listen to that. Ground ball to second. Hernandez has it. On the first, and that's it. The Dodgers escaped 6-5 the final score to take a 2-0 series advantage. And I apologize. That was my mistake. The Bellinger catch, but it was spectacular nonetheless, and it did save the game, in my opinion, and everybody else that watched it. Just spectacular with the Dodgers going up two games to none. And look at Clayton Kershaw, another spectacular performance, of course, coming off 13 strikeouts. When you look at him in totality, a guy that's he's really got a bum rap in terms of people say, well, he's great during the regular season, not so much during the playoffs, but he is putting that to rest. He went six innings, gave up six hits, three runs, and struck out six. It wasn't a spectacular vintage 13 strikeout type Kershaw. His ERA is 4.50, but another win for him. Blake Trinan, the former national, came in, pitched a little bit. Greta Rawl pitched a little bit. Jansen pitched, and then Kelly closed it out for the Dodgers, 6-5 to five, as they take that 2 nothing lead. So, all in all, a great day of baseball. And if you don't look in the stands, you can understand that, hey, it's pretty much business as normal. Uh, you know, when they out homer the teams uh, in this divisional playoff series, teams are 18-0 and so far this postseason when they out homer the other team. That's how it's worked. And if the big boppers out there are hitting the ball, 
and doing well, you're going to win. And these folks are really pounding the baseball. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier said afterwards, of course, from the Rays standpoint, this is Rays baseball at the finest. This is what we do. And uh, Kevin Cash is a guy that's pulling all the right levers, as we mentioned before. But when you look at the teams out there, there's no stress, it appears to me, with the Atlanta Braves. They approach things with a very calm attitude about this. They don't really get riled up other than Acuna Jr. getting hit. We saw that. He didn't like that. But for the most part, the Braves have been very steady as she goes. You have to give their leadership a lot of credit. And then you look at the Kevin Cash in the race. Always calm. It seems like even against the Yankees, the powerhouse team, they never seem to let their guard down. They never seem to be out of control. They always seem to be in control. So it's a really good mix in terms of some of the baseball we're seeing in terms of the players and their attitudes and the fact that, yes, they're not in the stands with packed houses throughout, but they have given us everything they have, and we really appreciate great baseball. I know we do here on the Sports King Show, and it's something that we've really enjoyed this postseason. has been something to watch, and you have to watch these games really exciting all the way through. We are going to turn our attention as we await Mike Neville joining us here at the bottom of the hour. It's going to be the NFL tonight, and we want to let you know the Thursday night matchup is the Tampa Bay. Of course, it's all about TB12 and Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers, 3-1, and 1-1 one, one and one away against the Chicago Bears, 3-1, and 1-1 one, one and one at home. The line is three and a half. Tampa Bay is favored over under 44 and a half. Not expecting a ton of points. But when you look at this game and break this game down, Tom Brady is starting to really escalate his game. He's really getting more and more sync with his receivers. Of course, you've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronkowski. And Brady is developing a really nice rapport with O.J. Howard, the other tight end. So it's not just... Uh, of course, Gronkowski, it's Howard that's also adding a lot. When you look at the totality of what's happening in Tampa, they have so much now going on in terms of the rushing attack. you got Ronald Jones so far in the year, 253 yards on 57 carries, one touchdown. But the guy that I told you about earlier in the year, Scotty Miller, 250 yards overall, 15 receptions, one touchdown. He's that Julian Edelman light, if you will, a guy that can get in there and contribute and do all the little things in the slot position. So when you've got a Scotty Miller you can throw out there, and then you've got the big guys out there, Mike Evans, who's just been spectacular at times, and then Chris Godwin. Uh, But you look at this game tonight, Buccaneers wide receivers Chris Godwin and Justin Watson, running back LaShawn McCoy, have been ruled out for tonight. So you're going to miss three pieces of that Tampa Bay offensive puzzle tonight. So it's going to be something where they're going to have to pick up from other guys, but they're all doubtful. And now they've been, uh, it's been announced. They will not play tonight against the bears. Leonard Fournette is also doubtful. So they're going to be missing a lot of weaponry tonight. And you wonder if the Chicago bears having lost last week with Nick Foles, who I thought would just come in and play really well and take the mantle and really run with it. Are they wondering now if you go back to Mitch Trubisky, if he starts to falter, do you keep Nick Foles? You know, Nick Foles is a guy that we all like here in the Sports King Show. He's a guy that's been a consistent winner, of course, Super Bowl champion. And you wonder if he's going to be able to get in there in that Bears offense, if it's going to be a good fit for him. And we feel like maybe it's going to take a few more games for him to get his feet under him and really get going. 
Uh, so that's the situation we'll watch tonight. It's going to be Brady against Foles, two guys who won Super Bowls, two guys that have gone head-to-head before, and they are very competitive, and they both win. So it should be hopefully a competitive game if Nick Foles, that we've come to expect, comes to play. However, if he doesn't, I expect Tom Brady to run him out of the stadium. So it's going to be interesting. It's all on Nick Foles right now in that Chicago Bears offense. As far as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back, Kenyon Barner, currently in the concussion protocol, has been suspended without pay for four games for violating the league's policy and performance-enhancing substances. Substances the team announced on Tuesday, and that's a situation that they are in dire strait tonight because they're missing key people already. It's a situation that the Buccaneers don't want to face without their weapons because right now it's going to limit, it's going to force things like the Scotty Millers and the Mike Evans to really come through, Chris Godwin, these guys that not going to be available. It's going to limit certain parts of the field for Brady, so he's going to have to be resourceful tonight. It's not like he can't do it. It's just the fact that, fortunately, being a veteran, he'll be able to go into a great game plan with Bruce Arians and hopefully come up with something that's going to be able to answer the call tonight because the Bears' defense, of course, uh, you've got some great defenders over there, guys that are difference makers, guys that can play solid defense, and they're going to blitz a lot. Of course, uh, they've got the talent on the defensive side of the ball in Chicago. That's something they've always had. They don't mind blitzing, and I feel that they're going to try to do as much as they can to disrupt Tom Brady tonight from a blitz standpoint. So we're going to watch that. And they're also talking about the Saints in terms of the Monday night game. Uh, the sources are saying that the New Orleans Saints don't anticipate uh, relocating for Monday night's game due to the hurricane, but they are not planning to evacuate currently. The storm is projected the coming down there through Louisiana on Friday night. The Saints don't anticipate the need to re- relocate for practice uh, this week or for Monday night's game against those Los Angeles Chargers. In the Superdome earlier Wednesday, yesterday, the sources confirmed that the Saints and the NFL had made contingency plans to relocate to Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium if needed. The Colts play the Browns in Cleveland on Sunday. The Saints' contingency plans were first reported to The Athletic. The, the NFL has generally has weather-related contingency plans in place for games, as it did for the recent California wildfires, for example. We will continue to monitor developments in the area and remain in contact with the clubs, said league spokesman Brian McCarthy. We're always in the contingency mode for all games, just in case the Saints are scheduled to hold the first practice of the week today. So the Saints getting ready, and it looks like they may uh, dodge the bullet in terms of the hurricane, so they'll be able to not have to move out of the Superdome in terms of the Monday night game coming up. So we wish everybody down there in the path of the hurricane the very best as they prepare and hunker down for what's coming their way. And we wish you all a safe uh, few days as you get through this. Hopefully just a lot of rain and nothing major going through there. Going to take a timeout now. We're going to come back. Mike Neville will be joining us shortly. We're going to go through, of course, uh, the NBA Finals. Uh, It's do or die for the heat coming up. We're going to talk about that and, of course, more through the NFL, much, much more in your phone calls, 804-327-0888. Love to hear from you on this Thursday. Hope you're having a great morning so far. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Hi, this is Bob Dennis from the world champion Washington Bullet, and you are listening to Sports King Show with Jamie King on Sports 1061. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies' volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies' lacrosse, 
From business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. At CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward is what they do as a team. That includes volunteering to support local charities and our community, like the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, St. Jude Children's Hospital, the Ask Childhood Cancer Foundation, and more. In fact, over the past two years, CMA's Colonial Honda has donated over $30,000 to local charities, plus a brand new Honda Accord EX worth over $28,000. All the money they have raised has gone to support local charities and organizations like the St. Jude Dream Home Giveaway. But they need your help continuing to spread the message and bring awareness to those in need. We can beat cancer with your support. Head to CMA's Colonial Honda today and ask how you can help. Moving lives forward, it isn't just a catchy phrase, it's a firm belief. From everyone at CMA's Colonial Honda, thank you for your continued support. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Owners just do more. You're listening to the man who thinks that Velcro is nothing more than a ripoff. The Sports King on Sports 1061. Welcome you back on this Thursday morning. Joined now by our great friend. Man, we love this guy. Brings so much to the program. We can barely afford him, but he shows up nonetheless. He requires, I think it's green M&Ms and all kinds of beverages. And I mean, his. It's, you've heard about the writer list that musicians have when they perform. Same with this guy. Yes, he's a pampered guy, but... We love him nonetheless. He is our own Mike Neville, of course. Uh, he does high school, college, pros. He owns MHN Productions. that covered sports for such a long time. And we thank you again for gracing us with your presence on this Thursday morning, my friend. Good morning, Sports King. How you doing? By the way, you obviously haven't talked to my agent. It's Kit Kats now instead of M&M's. So just wanted okay. to clarify that. Hey, ben. Annoying. Ben. Obnoxious. Disruptive. <laughs> irritating. I could go on for hours. Ben, please make a note of that. Before we get going with Mike Neville, can we go down south? Coach Ed Ogeron, I would like to say good morning to you. Coach, you down there anywhere? Fantastic. Okay, now we got that out of the way. (laughs) Mike, we've got tonight, uh, Thursday Night Affair, we just touched on it briefly before the break, and it was Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, against the Bears, Nick Foles. They tried it last week with Foles. I thought it would be effective. It wasn't. Who do you have tonight and why there's going to be multiple players out for offensively for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Do you still like them and Tom Brady tonight on this Thursday night game? Yeah, Chicago, Chicago's a, uh, they're, 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 I mean, they've got a, what, what a three and one, I think, something like that, but they're, they're not that good. Uh, and, uh, they, they won't win this game tonight. Tampa Bay wins it. I think, uh, Brady, uh, nice comeback last week against the Chargers and, uh, uh, you know, he'll, he'll continue. And I think, I think Tampa Bay wins this one kind of easily. Mike, I've got to turn the attention, sadly, for me to my team, the Washington football team. It's taken four weeks for Ron Rivera to figure out what I felt all along. Yes, Dwayne Haskins didn't have the preseason to play in, and he hasn't shown much when he first got here. He hasn't shown much this year. I know it's a small sample size, and people say, well, he hasn't had enough time, blah, blah, blah. But I just don't see enough in this guy. I mean, I saw it in the Doug Williamses. I saw it somewhat in Jay Schrader. I saw it in Stan Humphreys. I saw it in Mark Rippon. 
I don't see it in this guy in terms of the fact that I don't see the mobility factor, getting away from people, the decision-making. I think the number 15 pick in the 2019 draft will be an average backup throughout his career. I don't see him being that great quarterback, the transitional guy that's going to turn things around. So now Riverboat Ron has seen the act and they've yanked him off the stage, turning now to Kyle Allen, the third-year pro who previously played for Rivera for the Carolina Panthers. He knows the offense. And basically, Rivera says, I'm taking a shot at the short-term for the short-term glory, wanting to win now. I don't know if Kyle Allen's the answer. Of course, he started off spectacularly until people got enough film on him to figure him out. What is your take? And once again, my team, the Washington football team, puts the fun in dysfunction. I mean, you know this is a show up there. I'm not going to talk in the morning as far as what type of show, but I think most of our listeners know what type of show is going on up there. No matter who's in charge, it just seems like they can't get out of their own way. Kyle Allen in, Dwayne Haskins Jr. out, and, of course, coming off a 3-13 and year, Rivera's already gone to the emergency lever and said enough is enough. Your take on this move is the right one. And the way I look at it is you've got Alex Smith playing on virtually one leg back there waiting, and I think I would go in that direction personally, other than Kyle Allen, just me, if I was coaching this team. What would Mike Neville do? Well, if you remember before the season started, I thought Kyle Allen would be the starter. I didn't think that uh, Ron Rivera would go with Haskins. I thought the reason they traded for Allen was because of his familiarity with the offense, and I thought he would be the uh, the man, but they went with Haskins. Now, you know, you're going to hear both sides of the coin with regard to Haskins. He Does he need more time? Probably. Uh, has he shown enough? Obviously not, according to the coaching staff and Ron Rivera in particular. The other thing, too, about Haskins, I'm, I'm not a big fan of drafting a guy that's only had had one year of experience, which he had coming out of Ohio State. I don't. I think he just played one year of college football, and I just don't think that's enough, especially when you draft that high. Uh, you know, you want to. And my, I like to find guys that have at least two, three years experience. You know, unlike basketball, where I think it's uh, an easier transition. Uh, I just think you know, you draft a quarterback that only has one year and like thirteen starts in his career at college. I just, I, I thought that was mistake number one that uh, the Washington Football Team did, but uh, uh, not so surprised that they're turning to uh, uh, Kyle Allen. Uh, again, there's two sides of the, the coin. Uh, I haven't seen enough, really, of the Washington football team to to, to know Haskins, but, uh, you know, he put through for over 300 yards, but again, a lot of that probably was in uh, garbage time when they were, you know, trying to come back against the Ravens last week, so uh, um, uh, uh, kind of surprised that they actually dropped Haskins off entirely. I thought maybe Haskins would be the backup, and, uh, you know, I know Alex Smith is... Uh, apparently ready to roll, but uh, I, I, I'm really surprised. Uh, that's probably the biggest uh, take I uh, have of this is that uh, Haskins is going to be inactive, it looks like, uh, for this contest. But, uh, you know, we'll see what Kyle Allen does. He, like say, he's very uh, knows the offense, So, but is that going to be enough to uh, push them to be a, uh, you know, to beat the uh, Rams this weekend and, and, and on down the line? Uh, to echo Mike Neville, our special guest on the Sports King program on this Thursday morning, looking at the Washington football team mess that is 
Kyle Allen started off five and zero. I was like, wow, this kid really has it. Until teams did something that teams do, they watch film and they figured out tendencies. He then ends up five and seven with Cam Newton injured last season, throwing for seventeen touchdowns and sixteen interceptions. Once again, Jameis Winston thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions. Kyle Allen seventeen touchdowns, sixteen interceptions. That's a whole lot of average or below yeah. average, depending on your take. His five wins came in outings where all pro running back Christian McCaffrey logged rushing performances of 153, 93, 176, 31, and 146 yards while tallying 10 touchdowns. So he had a big, big push from Christian McCaffrey during the wins that he had. He doesn't have any running game to speak of. In Washington, he only has one receiver to speak of. This team, Mike, not only needs help through the draft, it is just awful in some cases they just can't get out of their own way i know haskins now is on the bench and if you look at a young guy it could really ruin a young guy in terms of his mindset and his preparations now you wonder if he's going to rise above it or fall by the wayside but i'm with you i don't see that one year worthy enough to put this guy at 15 and to come in here and not do any type of progressional aspect in terms of getting better week to week he's regressing to me not progressing which is something from a quarterback standpoint you got to see somebody that can put the numbers up and you see hey this guy's getting his the picture was fuzzy he's starting to become clear haskins doesn't emote that to me he doesn't give me any excitement whatsoever so i don't know what's going to happen in washington but this weekend's going to tell a lot and as you said alex smith who knows if uh, they'll turn to him eventually we'll have to see i want to talk to you next about the mess that is the houston texans bill o'brien now, reports are out of Houston that he got into a verbal, and let me put it this way, I don't think the one guy you want to get a verbal altercation <laughs> with and get in somebody's face would be J.J. Watt. I can think of a lot of people that you could probably, you know, Big Al, we could go at maybe, Ben Maitland, maybe you could go back and forth a little bit there and have some respectful dialogue, but not J.J. Watt. That's one guy you don't want to go nose-to-nose with. And O'Brien somehow gets in uh, the face of J.J. Watt, and they had a heated exchange, and next thing you know, they jettisoned him out of Houston. They said in the reports that he lost his team when he did that with J.J. Watt, and J.J. Watt was questioning why things were happening and why the team wasn't doing more offensively and wasn't doing things in general. And J.J. Watt's relatively a quiet guy that does his job and does it well. So now Romeo Crennel, I mean, this guy I think was there – during uh, the George Hallis era. I mean, this guy's been around forever. <laughs> they plug him in. It seems whenever that situation happens, here's Romeo Crennel getting popped in here. No DeAndre Hopkins. That's what lost me with this team. When he moved Hopkins because of a personality conflict, you take a player, and don't get me wrong, players are going to be, you know, you're going to have up, down, you're going to have guys out there that just don't get it or just don't mesh with what you feel. I've done that as a coach. I've had guys that maybe I didn't say eye-to-eye with in some ways, but as long as they could play and get the job done, you have to sometimes overlook things. And just as long as you have a mission uh, critical in terms of everybody on the same page, you move forward. Romeo Crennel now, you plug him in with no DeAndre Hopkins, which I thought was a death knell for this franchise with no top-end receiver to take off the top with Deshaun Watson. He's been lost. This team is another team that's a nightmare what do you think this is going to do, if anything, or will it be more of the same? Well, with uh, Bill O'Brien, uh, the mistake that I think the Texans made was about making him general manager as well. And as soon as he traded DeAndre Hopkins, they should have told Bill O'Brien, hey, 
see that car out there, get in it, leave, and don't ever come back because you don't trade one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL, uh, which right away puts your uh, uh, offense behind the eight ball. Number two, uh, if I'm going to pick an argument with somebody, it's going to be the kicker. It's not going to be J.J. Watt, okay? I'm going to go with the kicker. I'm not going to uh, sit there and argue with uh, big J.J. Watt, you know, because if this guy wants to go off and start swinging and hitting and send you into next week, uh, it, uh, like I said, I would have went, went with a kicker. But O'Brien, I think, is a, a, is a good coach. But I think when he got that GM title along with coach, I think that really started him, uh, started the downfall for him because he made some really – uh, interesting. I'll, I'll use the word interesting uh, decisions uh, when it came when it came to his personnel. And uh, like you said, Jamie, you you know we we all have disagreements with people, but you find a way to work around it. And uh, you know because you just can't take away Deshaun Watson's number one receiver and uh, expect that the offense is just going to percolate and uh, you know continue to move right along because you just can't do that. Uh, with regard to uh, the NFL and really professional sports in general, you need some kind of talent. You need talent. I think that's one of the reasons the Washington football team is failing right now. They don't have a lot of talent. They do have a couple of players that you, you look and say bright futures, but they don't uh, across the board. They don't have uh, the talent. They have not done a good job of roster building with regard to the Washington football team. And again, with the Texans, I think the biggest mistake they made was uh, you know. Uh, putting that GM tag on Bill O'Brien, and uh, it was a disaster from there. I think the guy can coach. I thought he did a marvelous job at uh, Penn State uh, coming overcoming that situation. But uh, you know, and you know, hey, it's the NFL. He's a good old boy. He'll he'll land on his feet somewhere, whether a coordinator or somewhere. But he'll be back in the league. Don't. And of course, uh, with the money these guys make, he said even if he doesn't uh, come back into the league for a year or two. Jack Easterby has been tapped to assume the Texans acting GM duties, so we'll see how he does there as he try to clean house in Houston. Mike, when you look around the league, and I know you're standing tall, 10 feet tall and bulletproof with your Buffalo Bills, 4-0, and i got to say this, hats off to you because I've seen things in Josh Allen. This young man is throwing absolute BBs. I mean, he is rocket-armed. He is decisive. The progression of this quarterback, this is what you see and what I'm starting to see in Allen that I'm not seeing any type of depth from a Haskins in terms of improvement game by game or just some flashes. Haskins is giving me a whole lot of nothingness, and I see Josh Allen and what he's done through his career. It seems like every year he takes that step forward, and this year, man, you've got to be absolutely thrilled with what you're seeing from not only him but that Buffalo offense which's clicking on all cylinders. Well, yeah, you know, the last, the first two years of Josh's career has been, you know, relying on the defense to hold people down and hopefully get enough points to scrape out wins. Now, of course, the first uh, four weeks of the season, the offense has been unbelievable. Uh, I will say, uh, in Josh, the thing with Josh is that, that having that steady coaching, the same coach, uh, you know, for the past three years and Brian Dable, his offensive coordinator and his quarterback coach, Ken Dorsey. And of course, McDermott is the head coach, you know, and, uh, Brandon Bean has gone out and gotten him some pieces. They, they they, they knew that uh, the one thing they lacked in the receiving core was a number one receiver, so they make the trade for Stefan Diggs. A lot of folks thought that they gave up too much to get Diggs, but he's been absolutely unbelievable, and that receiving room, uh, their, their togetherness is really uh, impressive as well. And then you had, uh, you know, they had John Brown, they had Smoke, and they had uh, Cole Beasley in, uh, last year, and those guys are just getting better and better. And uh, the other thing, of course, Allen's been criticized with his accuracy, but he's uh, thrown for, uh, you know, his percentage right now is around 70%. 
percent. And uh, if he can continue to do that, uh, the Bills are going to be a very dangerous team the rest of the way. But uh, yeah, and you talk about roster building. Random Bean has done a great job of uh, you know building the roster and getting uh, the pieces to fit. And McDermott uh, got them playing at a high level. And again, a little concerned about the defense. They played much better in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter, that victory over the Raiders last week. But again, are they going to play this week? We've got the you know one thing I, we said before, Jamie, when this season started is we didn't want to see it get three or four or five games in. All of a sudden, uh, COVID starts to hit. Well, we're starting to see that. And the Bills game with Tennessee is definitely in jeopardy with uh, the Titans having several uh, players and staff members uh, come down with COVID. So I'm not sure if they're going to play. It's, uh, you know, they already, the Titans have had to move one game with the Steelers. And, uh, you know, some players of the Raiders uh, have gotten COVID. So this is uh, this is a very dicey situation. And uh, it's something that the NFL, uh, you know, they've, they've, put their head down and plowed ahead to get the season started and it got off to a great start but now we're starting to see some cracks in the uh, in the armor and uh, hopefully uh, it's not going to be something that takes the league and that has them uh, forces them to shut down the league but uh, it is uh, very tough on these uh, players and teams and you know these uh, guys that step out of line and uh, don't wear masks and, and go to charity events and don't wear masks and shake hands and so forth it's uh, you know that's that's there's got to be some kind of punishment. I think the, uh, you know, everybody's saying maybe a forfeit. A lot of Bills fans want, I don't want them to forfeit the game, but I do think those players that went uh, out and maybe practiced on their own and when they weren't supposed to, they should be suspended for at least one game. And, uh, you know, there's got to be some kind of punishment uh, for these uh, organizations that uh, uh, lose control and, uh, you know, step out of line and uh, don't follow the protocols. Uh, getting to that Thursday night affair, I just was handed a note moments ago. Receivers Mike Evans has an ankle injury that's being monitored. Scotty Miller, uh, hip and groin, listed as questionable. So they may play not sure totally. They missed practice all week, and Miller got some limited work on Wednesday. Evans has battled the injury all season, hasn't missed a game. So I expect him in the lineup, not sure how much and how effective he'll be. And, of course, Miller has become one of the Tom Brady's favorite targets, as I mentioned earlier, like a Julian Edelman light, if you will. But guys are going to be out tonight, LaShawn McCoy, Justin Watson, wide receiver Chris Godwin, running back Leonard Fournette. That's on just on the Buccaneer side. So it's going to be a really depleted Buccaneer group tonight that Tom Brady has to work with. And then for Chicago, running uh, defensive back Devin Bush, uh, is going to be listed and ruled out. Defensive back Sherrick McManus, hamstring downfall. Wide receiver Darnell Mooney, shoulder questionable. And Khalil Mack, who I've always said last few years, the best defender in the league, was limited in practice this week, wasn't given a designation, and will be a kind of a game-time decision for Khalil Mack. So it's going to be who's going to be showing up as much as who's not in this one in terms of hopefully Tom Brady has somebody in the arsenal to throw to. Going to take a timeout. Come back, close out the program. We're going to find out what Mike thinks about those Miami Heat. Of course, he gave him all of the credit they deserve to get to the finals. Does he think they have got one left in them to try to pull this one back? Or will it be King James winning another title, the 17th in the Lakers history? We'll talk to Mike more about that as the Sports King rolls on Thursday morning. Hi, this is actor Matthew Rauch. I played Burton on the hit series Banshee on Cinemax. You are listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King, who told me I'm welcome on his show anytime, as long as I keep my glasses on. The Sports King studio line is now open. If you got a sports question, thoughts on your mind about your favorite team, we'd love to hear from you at 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888.
And we welcome you back on this Thursday morning. Hope you're having a great day out there. Facebook Live as well as Sports 106.1. I'm the Sports King, Jamie King, alongside Ben Maitland and our special guest, Mike Neville, MHN Productions owner. He's covered high school, college, and the pros throughout his illustrious career. He rejoins us now, and we talk about the NBA and the NBA Finals. And, of course, Mike, these finals have been interesting, to say the least. Jimmy Butler, spectacular, a game ago. And uh, he did everything he could. He's been trying to do everything he can, but they came up a little bit short, losing by six. It is now game five. Vanessa Bryant, the wife of the late Kobe Bryant, approved the Lakers switch to wear Mamba uniforms in game number five. And that will be, of course, uh, tomorrow. So an added day rest, the Lakers up 3-1. Lakers favored by seven, over under 216 in this one. LeBron James in company seeking win number 17 to tie the Celtics. Your thoughts on this Lakers team. Is there any way wearing the Kobe Bryant jerseys and playing in his honor, which they've been trying to do throughout the season, do you foresee any scenario where a guy like an Eric Spolster, who we both respect immensely for his coaching ability, can get in there and be the mad scientist and pull something up to extend this series. They're getting maybe Goran Dragic may be coming back from the foot injury. Bam Adebayo has been back. He wasn't as great as he's been in the past. What do you think, Mike, uh, as you look at this game five, which could be the clincher for the Lake Show? Uh, the Heat have a chance, Jamie, of Slim and none, and Slim just walked out the door. No way the Heat win uh, game five. Uh, the Lakers will hoist the, cha- the uh, championship. Uh, they're just... Uh, you know, they just have too much. I mean, Anthony Davis and LeBron. But, you know, the one guy that uh, doesn't get a lot of uh, ink and should is Ray John Rondo. This guy is really, he's a knucklehead, but, boy, he can really distribute the ball. And every once in a while, he'll uh, hoist up a three and knock it down. And, yeah, I think he's the one that makes that engine run. And uh, I don't think he's getting enough credit. And uh, I think he's like, one, if they uh, when they win, he'll be one of, I think, only two players to win a championship with two different teams or something like that. Uh, but he. Uh, he's he's really played well, and uh, I just can't see the Heat. Uh, they're just you know they're, they're shorthanded. Uh, now you know the Heat can shoot the ball, but again, I just think uh, LeBron's so close he can taste it. And they wear those Mamba uniforms, and um, you know that that's going to be uh, also uh, give them inspiration to uh, to close this thing out. Yeah, I think they're going to come out with a sense of urgency. I'm just wondering with uh, what you have with the Lakers if they're going to. Uh, allow the Heat to hang around because the one thing about this Heat group, of course, uh, Duncan Robinson, when you look at some of the players they have, of course, Tyler Hero, guys that can shoot it from three. If they let them hang around, they could steal one. But like I say, now let me ask you this. In the unlikely event that the Heat can steal this one in game five, do you give them a chance? Do you still think all Lakers all the time? Yeah, it's, it's all Lakers all the time. It's a, you know, like you say, LeBron. Uh, you know, he is uh, the best player in the game, and uh, you know, he's uh, still still can do it. And uh, like you say, Davis and uh, their pieces around him that uh, he's going. He's they're not they're not going to blow this lead. They're not going to, uh, you know, the Miami's done. I mean, they're going to need Butler to go score about sixty to seventy points if they hope to win. And I don't see that happening. Okay, and real quick, Major League Baseball. 
has been electric, Mike. Of course, Ben Maitland's Braves rolling along. But the team that we circle, at least I have, is the Tampa Bay Rays. They continue that small market approach. Today, here's your matchups. Braves, Marlins, Kyle Wright for Atlanta, 6-0 Sanchez for Miami, Athletics, Astros, Frankie Montas, and undecided for Houston for the Rays. It'll be Ryan Thompson trying to close it out against Jordan Montgomery and the nightcap, the Dodgers and Padres. Undecided for the Dodgers, Adrian Morhan gets the ball for San Diego. Any surprises for you, Major League Baseball? Is there one team standing out? to you said, hey, watch these guys? Well, I tell you, I'm impressed with Houston. The, the uh, Astros have uh, kind of put that little controversy behind them, and they they have a chance to once again get to the uh, ALCS. So I think that's been the big surprise for me is, uh, you know, we know they've got some offense. Uh, not sure about their pitching. Not sure about the pitching for any of these teams, but I'd say Houston would be at the top of my list along with Tampa Bay. Yeah, of course, the Houston Astros, Mike, of course, if you know the answer to the test before you take the test, anybody can win, right? Well, this is true. And real quick, for 15 seconds, Buffalo Bills this weekend, of course. uh, What do you think? At Tennessee, if they play, uh, you know, it should be a good one. uh, But, again, that game is up in jeopardy. But I I like the Bills if they can play. Of course he does. Anyway, thank you, my friend. It's always a joy to have you. Have a great rest of your day. We appreciate you joining us on the Sports King Show. You got it, buddy. Thanks. Mike Nibble, our great friend. It's Big Al on deck. He's taking his swings. He's up next with Ben. Don't touch that down. More sports on Sports 1061. Have a great day. At CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward is what they do. That includes volunteering to support local charities like the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, St. Jude Children's Hospital, the Ask Childhood Cancer Foundation, and more. In fact, over the past two years, CMA's Colonial Honda has donated over $30,000, plus a brand new Honda Accord EX valued at over $28,000 to support local charities and organizations like the St. Jude Dream Home Giveaway. Moving lives forward, it isn't just a catchy phrase, it's a firm belief. CMA's Colonial Honda, owners just do more. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more.